Hello folks and welcome to the wonderful world of Fia's trivia where we learn fun and interesting trivia about different things in every episode. Today's episode is about the Great Barrier Reef. The 2300 km Great Barrier Reef is Australia's unique living icon. Off the coast of Australia, it is the largest and the most beautiful coral reef system in the world and nothing short of breathtaking. The coral reefs are stunning and incredible things of beauty. They are like underwater gardens. The ocean waters feature a beautiful landscape with corals of every imaginable color. Glorious purple, passionate red, resplendent green, happy yellow, candy floss pink. Just think of any color and you will find corals of that color. It's like a feast for the eyes. In fact, CNN labeled it as one of the seven natural wonders of the world in 1997. The Great Barrier Reef is also great for the Australian economy generating several billion dollars every year. Approximately 2 million people visit the Great Barrier Reef each year. You can swim, snorkel, dive and sail this living masterpiece. The Great Barrier Reef offers the opportunity for great adventure. You can go on a reef cruise, you can snorkel the reef among the turtles and colorful fish. You can fly over the reef on a seaplane, helmet walk in an underwater world filled with a kaleidoscope of color and brilliance, and of course you can dive. In fact, you will find some of the most famous dive sites in the world here. You can also skydive into one of the most picturesque drop zones in the world. The islands of the Great Barrier Reef hold as much wildlife on land as they do in the sea. Just a 20 minute ferry ride off the coast from Townsville, Magnetic Island has a large koala population. The cuddle creatures live peacefully in the wild throughout the island up in the treetops both in the park areas and the more inhabited parts of the of the island. But what exactly are corals? Although many corals may look like plants, they are actually colorful and fascinating animals. They are most closely related to jellyfish and anemones. Each individual coral animal is called a polyp, P O L Y P, polyp. And most live in groups of hundreds to thousands of genetically identical polyps that form a colony. A colony is formed by a process called budding, which is where the original polyp literally grows copies of itself. It's like cloning. Polyps are usually tiny but they can range in size from a pinhead to 12 inches across. Corals are generally classified as either hard coral or soft coral. The hard corals are the ones that form the reefs like the Great Barrier Reef. Okay, so we learned what corals are, but what are coral reefs? The hard corals which are actually animals they extract the abundant calcium from the surrounding seawater and then they use this to create a hardened structure around them for protection and also for growth The coral reefs are therefore created by millions of tiny polyps forming large carbonate structures Coral reefs are the largest living structure on the planet and the only living structure to be visible from space Now when I am on Elon Musk's spaceship on my way to Mars, 
I will make it a point to take a deco at the Great Barrier Reef. Coral reefs have evolved on Earth over the past 200 to 300 million years. And over this evolutionary history, perhaps the most unique feature of corals is the highly evolved form of symbiosis. The coral polyps, they do not photosynthesize, but they have a symbiotic relationship with microscopic algae, which are really single-celled plants called as zooxanthellae. These microscopic single-celled algae, they live inside the tissues of each coral polyp. And they provide organic nutrients that nourish the polyp in the form of glucose, glycerol and amino acids. Without their symbionts, coral growth would be too slow to form significant reef structures. In fact, corals get up to 90% of their nutrients from their symbionts, that is these algae. And in return, as an example of mutualism, the corals shelter the zooxanthellae, averaging 1 million algae for every cubic centimeter of coral. The corals provide the algae a constant supply of the carbon dioxide which they need for the photosynthesis. So they are really both dependent on each other for survival. And this is called symbiosis. This symbiosis between plant and animal is also responsible for the brilliant colors of the coral that can be seen when you go diving on the reef. The varying pigments in different species of zooxanthellae give them an overall brown or golden brown appearance and give the brown corals their color. Other pigments such as reds, blues, greens, etc. they come from the colored proteins made by the coral animals. And that is what gives the corals the brilliant colors. So, how do the corals eat? Each polyp has a stomach that opens at one end only. This opening called the mouth is surrounded by a circle of tentacles. The polyp uses these tentacles for defense, to capture small animals for food and also to clear away the debris. Food enters the stomach through the mouth and after the food is consumed, the waste products are also expelled through the same opening. So basically they eat and shit from the same place. While most of a coral's diet is obtained from the zooxanthellae, they can also fish for food. During feeding, a coral polyp will extend its tentacles out from its body and wave them in the water current where they encounter small fish, plankton or other food particles. Corals are in fact nocturnal and it is under the cover of darkness that the polyps emerge from their outer casings to catch their prey. The surface of each tentacle has thousands of stinging cells called nidoblasts. When a small prey floats or swims past, the tentacles fire these stinging cells, stunning or killing the prey before passing it to the mouth. <laughs> couldn't have imagined these pretty looking colorful corals can be so shrewd at catching their food. As they say, don't judge a book by its cover. Or rather, don't judge a coral by its color. Coral reefs are among the most biodiverse ecosystems of the planet. There are often more types of fish living in a two-acre area of healthy coral reef than there are species of birds in all of North America. The breathtaking array of marine creatures includes 600 different types of soft and hard corals, 
more than 100 species of jellyfish, 3,000 varieties of mollusks, 500 species of worms, 1,625 types of fishes, 133 varieties of sharks and rays, and more than 30 species of whales and dolphins. There are also anemones, sponges, worms, gastropods, lobsters, crayfish, prawns, crabs, and a great variety of birds. Some of the species such as the turtles and crocodiles have been around since prehistoric times and have hardly changed over the millennia. The alien-like nautilus is a distant cousin to the squid. But what makes this creature unique is that it appears to have remained largely unchanged from the last 500 million years. You should go check out the picture of Nautilus on Google. The reef also has 10% of the world's fish species and 6 of the world's 7 species of marine turtles. The Great Barrier Reef is a shallow water reef. There are also deep water reefs in the world. Based on current estimates, shallow water coral reefs occupy somewhere between 300 to 500,000 square kilometers of the planet. If all the world's shallow water coral reefs were crammed together, the space would equal somewhere between an area of land ranging from the country of Ecuador, which is the lower end of the estimate, to Spain, which is the higher end of the estimate. This area, um, is about 198,000 square miles, in an ocean of 140 million square miles, it represents less than 0.015% of the ocean. Yet, coral reefs harbor more than one quarter of the ocean's biodiversity. Can you imagine such a small part of the ocean harboring one-fourth of the entire ocean's biodiversity? Wow! That's an amazing statistic when you think about it. No other ecosystem occupies such a limited area with more life forms. But this beautiful, most magnificent structure is in danger of being destroyed because of the usual suspects, human beings and the climate-changing, polluting activities. Climate change is the greatest threat facing the reef and a challenge that we must all tackle together. Two of the greatest challenges brought by climate change, an increase in ocean temperatures and acidity levels, are creating severe knock-on effects, jeopardizing the reef's survival. Tropical sea surface temperatures have risen by 0.4 to 0.5 degrees centigrade since the late 19th century, with rapid human-induced climate change the greatest overall threat to the long-term future of the Great Barrier Reef. These dramatic changes in the reef's environment are making it increasingly challenging for it to recover and protect itself from the devastating effects of climate change. Coral that loses a large fraction of its zooxanthellae becomes white or sometimes pastel shades uh, in corals that are pigmented with their own proteins. And this action is called as bleached. This, this condition where the corals lose its color and become white is called as being bleached. This is a condition which, unless corrected, can kill the coral. The most destructive reef animal is the crown of thorns starfish, which has reduced the color and attraction of many of the central reefs by eating much of the living coral.
The rise in sea temperatures mean that the reef is at a greater risk of heat stress and mass coral bleaching, decreasing the capacity for corals to build skeletons. Now the skeletons as we discussed earlier are the hard external shell that they make with the calcium from the surrounding sea. And these shells act as key habitats or home for the reef's irreplaceable marine life. Since the late 18th century, the Earth's oceans have absorbed about 30% of additional carbon dioxide that human activities have injected into the atmosphere. This extra carbon dioxide in the ocean has changed their chemistry, a process known as ocean acidification which decreases ocean pH levels. These combined pressures make the world's coral reefs much more vulnerable to poor health and irreplaceable damage, with the survival of the reef for generations to come looking very, very bleak. Recent studies suggest the planet has lost approximately half of its coral reefs in the last 30 years only, and they could lose more than 90% by the year 2050 if drastic changes are not made. The percentage of baby corals being born on the Great Barrier Reef dropped drastically in 2018. Many of the mature breeding adults died in the bleaching events of 2016 and 17, leading to low coral birth rates. Tourism can also play a role with divers and swimmers touching and damaging parts of the reef and also leaving behind rubbish and contaminating the waters with sunscreen and other pollutants. One thing you and I can do is volunteer for the Great Barrier Reef. They have these citizen science projects helping collect important information on everything from mangroves to manta rays, corals to coastal habitats. You can get involved in group activities, local community events. For example, you can help with reef monitoring where you will be snorkeling to observe and collect data on the species living around the Great Barrier Reef. Volunteers can get training for in-water surveying techniques during that program orientation, so you don't need any prior experience. You can also help with sea turtle rehabilitation. For this, you need to volunteer for two to four weeks. To support sea turtle conservation efforts, you will be trained to take care of the sick and injured sea turtles, giving you the chance to gain an in-depth understanding of each turtle's specific case and rehabilitation requirements. You can help to prepare the food, feed the turtles, clean the facilities, fillers and tanks. Volunteers aren't required to have any specialized experience. You will receive comprehensive training to prepare for carrying out all the research-based activities at sea. So folks, let us not let this natural wonder get destroyed. Let us be conscious of how we spend our natural resources and the kind of lifestyle we live. If we don't act wisely and act soon, the human species might well be responsible for the complete destruction of this planet and all the millions of species in it. Let us do what we can so the future generations can enjoy the beauty and brilliance of the colourful coral reefs and help the evolution of the various marine species into more wonderful creatures. On that note, I will sign off. Please do send your feedback and comments on the podcast app, Facebook page or send an email to fiastrivia at gmail.com. <laughs>